wanted to particularly thank Lisa and Tom for hosting this very nice potluck for organizing the food and providing the venue, so thank you for that. Um, and in a minute I'll introduce, uh, introduce the topic. Um, so um, we're meeting immediately after um, uh, the Compassionate Living Festival. And by the way, I should introduce myself. This is Dilla Barman. Uh, I'm with the Triangle Vegetarian Society. And uh, uh, we timed the event to end immediately after the Compassionate Living Festival, which is a, a very nice uh, conference we have. Uh, it used to be in, our, uh, in Raleigh every year. Now it kind of rotates. Sometimes it's in the West Coast. And one of our members here um, wanted to just take a moment to give a, a quick summary of uh, a wealth of information that, that went on. He could easily have spent uh, by two hours talking about it and what he experienced, but, uh, but I said, seed the mic just for a minute. So he's going <laughs> to summarize uh, what, what he heard and saw. Hi, this is Lauren Hart, and yes, it's true, I went to the um, 22nd Annual Compassionate Living Festival uh, here in Raleigh-Durham. It was my first time, and I'm so glad I went, and I look forward to going in the future. The theme of this uh, weekend's conference was Becoming the Change, um, being inspired by Gandhi's quote that we must be the change we wish to see in the world. And uh, it was a really great festival attended by a number of uh, the big national organizations and, and very engaging um, national animal rights personalities. There was also a, a great number of people from the Triangle who were present, and it was a great opportunity to, to meet them and to network and to get to know them better and see how we can uh, support each other in our vegetarian and animal rights work. Uh, so some of the people that were present were Captain Paul Watson, who did the keynote address on Saturday night, and he spoke about some of the environmental uh, impacts of animal agriculture with a focus on um, sea life. And uh, Tom Regan and Kim Stallwood were the co-organizers representing their organizations, and they both spoke on Sunday and gave very interesting talks. Also present were Josh Hooten from Herbivore Clothing, Michael Greger, doctor from the Humane Society, Justin Goodman from the University of Connecticut, and uh, Rory Friedman, the musician Bob Pyle, journalist Will Potter, uh, the former trainer, now turned animal rights activist, uh, former trainer of, of Flipper, and now turned animal rights activist Rick O'Berry of the Earth Island Institute. And um, yeah, it was a very engaging weekend with uh, a lot of focus on some academic issues and also issues of experiment animals and experimentation. Um, there was also a talk about the connection between animal rights philosophy and the world's religions. Um, there was one uh, large omission many of us felt, which was a, a lack of um, discussion about farmed animal issues, and uh, that only that issue only made its way into the conference through the Q and A and through private conversations. So we hope to see, at least some of us hope to see that uh, topic in the future. And if you would like to get more details about this conference, you can go to the websites of the two organizing uh, organizations, cultureandanimals.org, and also animalandsociety.org or animalsandsociety.org. Thanks, Lauren. It's, it's always a, an excellent conference. Um, and you can also find information from the Triangle TriangleVegSociety.org uh, uh, website. We're linked in as well. <coughs> so I just wanted to, um, to welcome everybody again and let you know that we're an active group uh, that focuses on plant-based foods, and we have an active schedule of events. Uh, uh, we always have at least two events a month. We have restaurant reviews, and we have potlucks. Uh, the next event, actually, I wanted to mention, isn't a TVS event, but Jane Goodall is coming to Duke on October 16th, on Tuesday, October 16th. Uh, our members, Teresa and Kiana, are hosting the November potluck at their home on the Saturday. 
Um, we're working out the detail, final details, but this year the holiday party is looking like it's going to be on a Friday, not a Saturday, Friday, December 7th. Uh, and then we have uh, New Year's Eve, and um, we always uh, have a party for New Year's Eve, and, and then the first potluck of the New Year is January 26th, the joint potluck with the Kadampa Buddhist Center. And, uh, and thanks to Joseph for providing the podcasting, and hopefully we'll podcast the, that discussion on, on Buddhism. So without further ado, let's, let's move on to today's topic. <clears throat> a lot of people are interested in plant-based uh, diet for, for a variety of reasons. Some people are coming to understand that it's the best thing you can do for the environment. And in fact, uh, I uh, have been invited to WRAL-TV, so tomorrow at, on the 8 a.m. news, um, which is going to be tough for me, but I'm going to be doing a, a three-minute segment on environment and, and vegetarianism. So many people are finding that connection for, for vegetarianism. Um, some people are interested in... Um, in their own health, and we're finding, for example, if you have heart disease, the only thing proven to reverse heart disease is to move to a plant-based diet, the Ornish diet, along with exercise and centering or meditation. And some people move towards a plant-based diet just because of the food. I know Lisa's working on a cookbook, so she's uh, getting the word out there, um, and I, I love to cook, so, so there's lots of good reasons. One thing which is kind of surprising about medicine, if we get sick, Western medicine in particular, is when we, go si- when we get sick, Often medicine focuses on the symptoms rather than, um, rather than the underlying cause. And if you go to a, a doctor, often it's almost too late to uh, prevent. We don't really focus on prevention. Tom's going to be talking today about Ayurveda. Ayurveda, along with Chinese medicine, are, I believe, the two oldest medical modalities. Uh, Ayurveda goes back a good 3,000 years. It was founded, 5,000, okay, 5,000 years, and it was founded in, in India, in the Indus River Valley, I believe. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's been working with uh, a doctor uh, who has a continuous uh, chain of uh, teachers going back to the uh, physician of the Buddha, I believe, so, uh, so today, Tom's going to take about uh, 20, 30 minutes to tell us what is Ayurveda, uh, how does it apply to our lives, how can it be used to prevent disease, uh, and what can we do to maintain a relatively optimal form of health. So with that, I'd like to introduce Tom Mitchell. Thank you, Dalip. It's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, as, uh, my name is Dr. Tom Mitchell. I'm a uh, chiropractic physician. I have my office in Raleigh, and I use... Uh, Ayurveda quite a bit in my practice. And as Dalip was saying, uh, Ayurveda is a very ancient form of uh, medical care that uh, originates from India. It's at least 5,000 years old. And it was developed as a means of promoting and maintaining uh, uh, good health. And uh, the uh, doctor I'm studying with is a uh, Dr. Pankaj Naram, who is a uh, the current head of a long line of Ayurvedic physicians who started with... Uh, that started with uh, with Buddhist personal physician 2,500 years ago, and many of these it's a very well preserved uh, lineage of knowledge, and uh, and so he is the uh, current uh, person in the world today who's the uh, head of that lineage. So, um, so what we'll do today is we'll talk about Ayurveda, and try to keep it very practical, keep some things, uh, keep it with a practical orientation, the things that people can use in their lives for uh, creating better health, and uh, and more happiness. And one of the questions that Ayurveda would ask, also, Ayurveda is basically the medical science of yoga. So there's a very intimate connection between Ayurveda and yoga. So Ayurveda and yoga both ask the question, who are we? And uh, we can see, we get some glimpse of who we are by looking at children. 
If we look at children, we see the natural enthusiasm. We see the uh, happiness and joy uh, that, and the innocence that children have. This gives us a little bit of a glimpse of who we are in our nature. This, this enthusiasm, this happiness, this joy, this naturalness that children have. And yoga would also say that, uh, Ayurveda would also say that if uh, humans, as, as human beings, there are seven different levels to our existence. We have, the, we have the physical body, we have the breath, we have the mind, there's the intellect, there's the memory, and there's the ego, and there's the self. And this self, this uh, transcendental self that's beyond the physical level, is something that uh, uh, is unique to human beings in this world. And so what Ayurveda teaches is how to live our life practically in order to uh, realize this inner self, in order to allow this expression of this inner self inside to manifest. And as this manifests, then we can return to our original state as we were as children, to this innocence and this state of joy. So, um, and who we are, who we are inside is, uh, is what we are inside is bliss. What we are naturally is happiness. And so, um, what, as I was saying, what Ayurveda teaches is how to create and maintain this inner state. And I'm enjoying watch, watching people eating lollipops or popsicles <laughs> as I'm talking now. So, Okay, so, um, and Ayurveda talks about how to, how to maintain this state of bliss, this inner state of happiness and joy through lifestyle, for, through food, and through various practices. Okay, so one of the, uh, we'll talk about some basic concepts in Ayurveda. And, and then we'll go on to some more practical things. So one of the basic concepts in Ayurveda uh, is of the, uh, that's used in Ayurveda is of the three gunas. And the three gunas are the various aspects of, uh, of nature that manifest in various ways. And so these, these, uh, these three gunas are called sattva, rajas, and tamas. tamas. And there are various aspects, uh, energies in nature that's a, that support creation in different ways. So tamas is the energy of inertia and dullness and actually of destruction. And rajas is the uh, energy of activity. And sattva is the energy of, uh, of joyfulness and of, of, of cre- creativity. So actually, if we look at food, food, different types of food, has different types of food, has different types, uh, manifest... Uh, these different qualities in certain ways. For example, certain types of food uh, are tamasic in nature, are, are, are manifest tamas. So examples of tamasic food, for example, would be uh, dead uh, fermented food. For example, meat, for example, any kind of food that's been killed, um, food that's been fermented. Fermented food is basically food that's been sitting in, and, and essentially rotting. So fermented food is like, uh, say, for example, vinegar, um, alcohol, uh, cheese, hard cheeses in particular, are, are tamasic foods. And, what, and if, we, if we consume tamasic foods, then in excess, then, or, uh, then we become, uh, we, 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 we become uh, dull and lose our inertia. Okay? So rajasic foods, or example of rajasic foods would be, for example, garlic and onions are rajasic foods. So if we consume rajasic foods, too much, then uh, we, we, we create a state of overactivity of the mind, restlessness, and, uh, and, and a feverishness of, of desire. 
So examples of, uh, like I said, rajasic foods are uh, um, garlic and onions, for example. And then also, and then sattva. Sattva is the uh, is the uh, aspect of creation that an energy in creation that supports creativity and supports happiness and joy. And sattvic foods are fresh vegetables and fruits, whole grains. Uh, these these types of foods are sattvic in nature. And so, that the more that we're consuming these types of food, as we do as vegetarians, then the more we're helping to install and create. Um, a greater uh, happiness and, and bliss in our life. Okay, so that's one that's one way of looking at uh, how Ayurveda would, and, and yoga both would uh, look at food and at uh, uh, eating and uh, lifestyle. Okay, now another concept in Ayurveda is, and this is uh, uh, a concept of the five elements. It's called the uh, Pancha Mahabhuta in Sanskrit. And uh, the five elements, and Ayurveda looks at uh, the human being as being a microcosm of the macrocosm. So if we look at the entire world, the, the whole world, all of creation exists in the human body as a microcosm. So these five elements, which are earth and water, fire, air, and space, which we see in creation, we see the earth, we see the water, we see fire in creation, we see air as in wind, and we see hollow, empty space. Outer space is hollow, empty space. We see that in creation. These same five elements also exist in the human body. And so we see the uh, earth element manifesting as the bones, as the muscles. We see the water element and the different fluids in the body. We see the fire element in the di- digestion, the acidity of the uh, stomach and the small intestine. It's a fire of digestion. We see the uh, uh, air element and the different gases that form in the body. And we also see the hollow, empty space, the hollow, empty organs in the body. So these five elements also exist in the body as they do in in creation. And then according to Ayurveda, according to Sankhya philosophy of yoga, um, these five elements uh, combine together into three three forms of intelligence in the body. And these three forms of intelligence in the body are called vata, pitta, and kapha. So if you know a little bit of, about Ayurveda, you've probably heard of these three doshas before. And the three, again, the three doshas are vata, pitta, and kapha. So vata is the air and space elements combined together. And pitta is the water and the, is the fire and the water elements combined together. And kapha is the, uh, is the earth and water elements combined together. And they, they, these, these three doshas or these three intelligences have different functions in the body. And very simply, we're looking at a very big picture today because we're being very brief. But these three doshas have uh, uh, various functions or purposes in the body. And kapha, for example, the primary purpose of kapha dosha is to provide structure in the body. So we see the bones, we see the muscles providing structure for the other uh, and the other uh, for the other doshas to, to function in. So pitta dosha, which is the f- which is fire and water elements. Pitta is the uh, energy of metabolism. It's the intelligence of metabolism and transformation of the body. So we see this with the uh, with the digestion, the digestive power, the digestive fire that we where we consume food, we digest food, and then this food is transformed into the different tissues in the body. This is this is pitta. This is the uh, uh, 
uh, intelligence and the power of transformation yeah, in, the, in the body, a digestion. So vata, do, vata dosha, vata is, uh, the primary function of vata is to provide movement. So with vata dosha, we see movement uh, of circulation in the body. We see movement through the digestive tract. We see the movement of the nerve impulses. We see the movement of the muscles and the joints. And so vata dosha provides, the primary function of vata is to provide uh, motion. And these three doshas also, interestingly enough, have uh, uh, also have emotional aspects. So if we look at kapha dosha, for example, um, kapha dosha, when it's imbalanced, kapha types, when they're imbalanced, tend to be very stable, very compassionate, very loving people when kapha is imbalanced. These are the positive aspects of kapha. When kapha becomes, gets out of balance, then these people become dull and inertia, like tamas that we talked about. So this is how tamas will uh, manifest through kapha in the body. And then pitta types, when pitta types, uh, when pitta is in balance in the body, then these people, then we find that we're very courageous, we're very friendly, we're leaders, very dynamic. This is how pitta, when it's in balance, manifests in the body. And when pitta is out of balance, being the fire element, then people feel hot, they feel angry, irritable, judgmental, critical, controlling. This is how pitta element manifests in the body. So vata, when it's when it's in balance, uh, manifests. We we vata types or vata when it's in balance, people are very creative, joyful. And when vata is out of balance, then people feel depressed and anxious. Okay. And when pitta types, when the pitta is out of balance, pitta types can become angry and depressed. Vata types are anxious and depressed. Okay. So uh, this gives, this is a, a unique concept. These these three uh, doshas are the, th- the vata, pitta, and kapha. Is a one of the uh, uh, cardinal uh, concepts in uh, in Ayurveda. It's unique to Ayurveda, and allows Ayurveda to. Uh, to provide a very elegant explanation for all the different chronic diseases that we see in modern times that modern medicine has no explanation for. Things like fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, things like uh, low immunity, this type of problem. Western medicine, we have no explanation for how these things can happen. And Ayurveda provides a very elegant explanation for how these things can happen. Another very important concept in Ayurveda is the concept of what's called, in, and these are Sanskrit terms, and this, this term is called ama, and it's spelled A-M-A. Sometimes it's also pronounced am, but this is a word in Sanskrit that means toxins, it means bodily wastes. So we see the, uh, and according to Ayurveda, um, uh, the, the primary source of toxic buildup in the body is undigested food. And so this undigested food uh, what happens is it uh, it remains, it becomes sticky, it remains in the digestive tract, it starts to block the channels, and then it causes uh, different health problems to result. And in the West, some naturopathic doctors, chiropractic doctors, acupuncturists will talk about uh, leaky gut syndrome. This is probably a concept in, that probably comes from Ayurveda because Ayurveda has talked about this for 5,000 years. Toxins build up in the colon, in the digestive tract, and then they start to uh, to move out from the colon into through the through the circulation into the uh, other areas of the body and cause problems like inflammation of the joints, uh, blockage in the arteries, 
um, this type of problem. And uh, so AMA is, is or these toxins are the underlying root cause of, the, uh, of health problems. And what AMA does, we talked about what our nature is, who we are as being, as being joyful, innocent, loving is in, in nature. What AMA does is it clouds our perception of our own nature. It, and AMA can, can exist on a physical level. These toxins can exist on a physical level, on a mental level, and on an emotional level. So AMA, or these toxins, cloud our perception of who we are, and then we lose our, 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 we lose our connection to our, to our inner self, to our inner state of knowingness. So by, by eating correctly and preventing the, uh, the formation of toxins in the body, we can help to maintain this, maintain this blissful state that we're, we were born with. Okay? So uh, other important concepts in Ayurveda are Agni. One is, is called Agni. Agni is, is digestive fire. And the digestive fire is the, uh, is the uh, root of our health. If, if we have low digestive fire, then food cannot be digested properly and toxins start to build up in the body. And the average person in, in modern times, due to uh, uh, a consumption of meat, for example, which is heavy, hard to digest, the human body is not, according to yoga, is not um, made to uh, digest animal protein properly because the human body cannot... Uh, properly uh, rid itself of uric acid. Uric acid is a, a byproduct of meat, a metabolism or digestion of meat, and human digestive system does not have the capacity to eliminate uric acid. So you, so you see people getting gout and getting different kinds of uh, heart health problems as a result of eating meat. So, but if 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 the agni or the digestion is strong, then we're able to to digest food properly. And uh, and we maintain our health. And the agni is the basis is the basis of what's called ojas. And ojas is another Sanskrit term that means stands for immunity. So uh, uh, ojas is our uh, um, immune power. And if we look at the uh, according to Ayurveda, when we eat food, the food is converted in a, in a successive manner to seven different tissues in the body. It's, con- it's converted to uh, plasma, which is converted to blood. Uh, which is converted to uh, muscle tissue, which is converted to fat tissue, which is converted to bone, and then to nerve tissue, and then also then to re- reproductive fluid, and then the very finest essence of the process of digestion is is called is is ojas, is is the and this is what we see in the body is the white is the white blood cells, the uh, you know, the whole immune system. So this this immune system is supported and enhanced by maintaining proper digestion okay all right and another concept in in uh, both yoga and in Ayurveda is uh, is a concept of prana and this is a very similar con- we a lot of us have heard the uh, con- pr- uh, the word chi in Chinese medicine and in Ayurveda this it's a very similar concept so prana is life force energy and uh, we get life force energy we get energy from from various sources, we can get energy from we get energy from sleeping. We can get energy from our breath, and in, and in yoga and in Ayurveda, uh, different breathing practices are prescribed to as as a means of creating health. So we can we can derive greater energy through the breath. We can derive greater energy through meditation, through maintaining a calm, meditative mind. And then the f- the fourth major source of energy 
that we have is food. And so if we're eating food that is high in prana, which is fresh, uh, fresh uh, vegetables, fresh fruits, grains, this type of food, then these foods are high in prana, and we're bringing plenty of prana or life force energy into the body through the food in order to maintain our, our, en- our energy, so um, our life force energy. So this is a, these are three other concepts in Ayurveda. Agni, which is digestive fire. Prana, which is life force energy we get, can get through eating proper food. And then ojas, which is the immune system. Okay? All right. So at this point, I'll, I'll ask uh, there's, uh, if there are any questions. And then we'll go on. After, the, after this, we'll go on to some, uh, some very specific recommendations about food. <coughs> 